you just got to let it roll in, don't you? Oh, yeah. You got to let it roll in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Podcast. It is your boy Evan and your boy Aaron. Dude, it's like midsummer. Midsummer, man. And you know what? Here in Indiana, um, not a not a bad not a bad week so far. It's it was a little hot today. A little hot today. It's gonna get a little hotter as we progress through the week, but that's okay by me because you know, I, I, I kinda like hot weather. And so um how are you faring in this uh heat wave that we're in, my friend? Um, I'm doing pretty good because I just don't go outside. Um, <laughs> it seems to, to take good care of it. Um, no, uh, you know, I played soccer last night indoor, but it does get hot in there. So you, it has been a little bit noticeable. I didn't go out much today because uh, at said soccer game, uh, I hurt myself pretty good last night. Oh. So today was devoted to a lot of time on the couch. Um, yeah. We are men. We are men of certain ages, my friend. Mm, we mm, we are. Yeah, that we is are. a very. That's a good way of putting that. Yeah. Yes, it, yep, you know, yep. I'm trying to be trying to be you know diplomatic about things. But hey, let me show you some new swag Ooh. that um, my me familia picked up for me. Oh, a Chelsea. Punch yes, very yeah, nice. isn't that nice? Very nice? That's very nice. So I was yes. like, oh. So I had to, you know, preview it or you know, premiere chalice, it on the show. A chalice to drown your sorrows in. Uh, <laughs> wow, dude, we still have two weeks to be. We have two weeks of being friends still. I understand. I I'm understand. just saying, we be. have two weeks. So yes. anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. We yeah. are so glad that you are here. Um, we we have several things to go over this week, mm-hmm. even though technically, oh. have, have we really, we really don't have a short show anymore. No, no. We, oh, no, yes. No. Let's start off with the women's Euro um, yes. match uh, match of the tournament. Wow. In my in my opinion, it, it's it's it it really. I think just because of the what was on the line for it and how yep. both teams played. Um, yeah, I just shout so, out uh, to the lionesses. Uh, oh. Just a, a great fighting comeback. You know, I was t- talking with a friend of mine throughout the match. He's English. And we're kind of mm-hmm. going back and forth, and basically, you know, Ray, you know, talking in in the game really unfolded in the way that we thought it could. That you know, England dominated. I thought for large parts of the first half, but really didn't make the inroads they wanted, so they were getting frustrated. And Spain yeah. was doing a good job of countering, but also sort of counter possessing at times as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they eventually got a goal. Um, really surprised a, a little bit. I mean, they were getting down that right flank pretty easily. Right. Bad for Daly. Right. She got skinned a number of times. Um, but, you know, they just played some lax defense there. You know, mm-hmm. there's you can't let somebody just receive the ball at the top of the six, turn and shoot. Right. Um, but they, you know, our, our question was, you know, who, who's the David Beckham? Who's the Wayne Rooney here? Uh, especially well. after, um, you know, uh, Ellen White and Fran Kirby. You know, they're they're sort of the backbone of the team there. Um, but I'll tell you who it was. It was I was going to say, young... knock, knock, knock. Yeah. Um, Tune? And, uh, well, Stanway. And, and, <laughs> oh my um, God, well what I love is um, um, uh, Alessia Russo 
came on, and then Ella Toon came on, and it was Russo. Uh, I got a new favorite. I'm going to have to watch a lot more of the Man U women's games because, wow, she's just a workhorse. Okay. And she won the ball and knocked it down for Ella Toon to score, and then, yeah, um, just what a That's phenomenal strike, way dude. to finish a match. I mean, that I'd... The, those are the kind of hits that the second it leaves your foot, you know you've scored a goal. You you just I, there's no saving it. She ripped yep. it, and uh, what a what a finish! I would challenge any any Premier League player to strike a shot like Stanway struck. I mean, it yeah, was it was, was perfect. Clean. Timing was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was it was so powerful. I mean. I saw what was happening with the keeper. You know, the keeper was mm. you know, shading left, and, and obviously I have a soft spot for keepers. Mm. I'd have done the same thing because I see someone attacking from the right wing. I'm shading over a little bit because I expect yeah. Stanway to pass it off. Stanway says, oh, pump breaks. Yeah. I'm just going to let this one go. And she – it was one of the most spectacular shots mm. I have seen in a tournament uh, for, well, for a he- very long time. Huge credit goes to whoever was making the 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 wide right run, uh, mm. because it occupied the defenders just long enough that yep. you know they they kept giving ground. They didn't want to step and get beat with that pass in behind. And whoever made that run, made just enough to occupy. And Stanway said, "Nope, I'm I'm shaping to hit," and it caught them all off. Um, you know, the, you're right. The goalie had had shaded a bit, um, yeah. but. I just don't know if you're saving it anyway. I mean, that ball had a lot of power, it was, and it was it was arrowing gorgeous. towards that corner. So gorgeous, absolutely off, gorgeous. Uh, real quick for everybody, <clears throat> that game I believe was on uh, ESPN two, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, but you've got Germany Austria tomorrow. No grudge there. Uh, Sweden <laughs> Belgium on Friday, and then France Netherlands. Which I th- honestly I think. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I think Germany probably beats Austria fairly easily. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be a walk in the park, but I, I do think it'll be like a comfortable like two to nothing, maybe three to sure. nothing win. Sweden sure. Belgium could be a really really interesting match, but man, that France Netherlands may uh, live up to or surpass what we saw today. Those are two really yeah. really good teams, and despite Netherlands um, missing a couple players, now France is too. So it'll be interesting to see who for them steps mm-hmm. up as well. So mm-hmm. tune in, folks, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, to get your fix. This has just been awesome. You know, I was, oh. was you know, lamenting, um, you know, the World Cup not happening. And now my summer, honestly, has flown by watching some of these great women's tournaments. And the next topic, <laughs> the big topic, yeah. Evan, Evan, the ladies, the ladies. Oh, uh, just, my goodness, dude. In my opinion, marched to that title. Yes, they, they didn't win. Uh, yeah. by massive margins in a couple games, but I really felt they were the strongest team in that tournament. And um, what what are your takeaways? I mean, they, they qualifies them for the World Cup and the Olympics, which, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of players, and we saw a lot of talent out there. You're, like, How do you feel, and what are your big takeaways from watching that tournament? Well, real quick, I wanted to go back and comment uh, um, on the, uh, the Women's African Cup of Nations because mm. there was a huge upset. Um, Morocco in penalty kicks beat Nigeria. Now Nigeria, yeah, yeah. I'm not going for it. Right now. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it was it was a huge upset. I mean, Nigeria was you know obviously, but um, Morocco came through and and that was that was really good. Um, real quick, and that was in the semifinal. Um, 
uh, South Africa beat Zambia one uh, yeah. nil, and um, yeah, man, I I just it, it's it's so good. So the match for third place, Nigeria, Zambia, uh, Friday at four. So I mean, once again, the, it doesn't matter where you look. Yeah, there is good soccer being played yeah. during yeah. this during this time frame. I'm it, I'm kind of yeah. glad it turned out that if there's one, and I may have said this before, but I think that if there's one saving or, or one redeeming quality to uh, the Qatar World Cup being moved to uh, our winter is mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, it's not overshadowing these great, great women. Yes. We've seen some yes. fantastic football, oh. not fantastic football for women. We've seen some just great no. stuff. Sophia Smith's goal. Uh, I believe it was uh, against, oh my. Uh, either Haiti um, or Jamaica. Um, I can't Jamaica. recall right now. Jamaica. I mean, she sombreros her defender, cuts in, and then hits a Travella with the outside of her right oh, foot and bends man. it around. Just one of the prettiest goals I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, look, a lot of people thought Alex Morgan was past it. And Alex <laughs> Morgan had something to say. There's about the lead that. in more for importantly, me. There it is. More importantly, uh, Filled up a, 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 a. She drank the tea at the last World Cup, and this time she drank some margaritas down in Monterey. Yes, she did. So yes, she hats, did, man. Hats off to Alex Morgan. Hey. Um, big game, big game, Morgan. Yep, yep. You passed it off to me, man. And and here's what I got to say about the U.S. Women's Team. Okay, you know this, and anybody listening to us understands that when you practice with somebody, they get to know your tendencies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Canadian goalkeeper keeper Sheridan. Um, her and Alex Morden play for the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 if you are a football fan, you cannot underplay or overplay the gravity of that situation because mm-hmm. Sheridan, she knew, she absolutely mm-hmm. knew Alex Morgan was going to go high and right, was going to mm-hmm. go upper corner, high and right. Alex Morgan said, "No, sorry." Mm-hmm. Going to go low. And, you know, she just, I, I mean, the the nerves of steel that she has. Yeah. Um, this, this team fought and fought and fought. Because here's the deal. What I get from this are two things. Number one, you can't underplay the fact that, that, that she outsmarted Sheridan this one time. Um, that was, that was a masterful, masterful play. And Sheridan played great. Like, Mm -hmm. both keepers played wonderful for that match. Um, but Alex Morgan, she, she, she got the best over her in that one. But the second thing is a year ago in the Olympics, man, we got revenge. I mean, we, we, we got revenge for the loss, bro. We got revenge. (laughs) There it is. Yes. Drinking the margaritas. Um, we got revenge on Canada. So I think that, you know, mm-hmm. when looking back and, and checking that out and seeing how cool that is, World Cup, mm-hmm. Olympics, that's awesome. Here's where I try to bring us back down to earth, and I want to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned, and I absolutely agree 100%, that the gap has closed on the United States. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, um, that people understand how we are going to play. They understand the type of game that we play. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're going to be able to stop us. But I do think that both in the Olympics and the World Cup, especially, um, it will not be the steamroller that 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 we're used to. Um, now I know that you know I, I know last you know last World Cup it was like, Meh? but 
I think that I think we win both, but mm-hmm. I think it will be gripping. I think it'll be thrilling. I think we will have to scrap. I think we'll have to fight for this. And the problem for the rest of the world is is that as we do this, the younger players mm-hmm. are going to they're they're going to um, build metal. I mean, they're going to be able to say, "Okay, look, you you remember World Cup twenty twenty four, right? You remember that." So mm-hmm. the fact is, is that you know we have got. I'm sorry, yeah, twenty four, right? Because Olympics is twenty three. No, nope, you got them backwards. Cups twenty three, Olympics twenty four. So twenty three, the younger players are going to be like, "Hey, listen, you, you remember this? You remember this struggle? Mm-hmm. They are going to." I just I see incredible things for Team USA. I do not think this is going to be an easy walk in the park for them, um, but I do think that they will handle it. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying there, what do yeah, you think? I don't think I don't think it's been easy for them for quite some time. I, I think mm-hmm. Concacaf is a, is a different story, mm-hmm. um, and we're very very much a powerhouse with only a handful of teams having been able to close that gap. But you look around. Yeah. That England team, the France team, the Netherlands team, the German team, even the Spanish team, um, there's a lot of quality there. And don't sleep on Brazil, who's going to show up with their next generation that Marta implored to to do so. Um, So, but I do agree with you that they, you know, I did say they have the they have closed the gap. The rest of the world's closed the gap. Mm -hmm. They've got talent, Um, but. Much like you know, we talk about with the men and, and how the U.S. and Japan and South Korea and some African nations have closed the gap as well. Brazil didn't stop. Argentina didn't stop. So the right. U.S. isn't stopping. We're bringing through this next generation. We don't re- rebuild. We just bring in the next generation. That's it. And you're looking at Sophia Smith. You're looking at Trinity Rodman. You're looking at Purse. And then you've, you've still got these these players, um, you know, in, in the middle you know, your Muis sisters, yeah. um, uh, 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 Emily Sonnet, you know, Sauerbrunn's getting up there. Nair's getting up there. Uh, Rose is getting up there, but she's still, Pino, I mean, they're all but, impactful. But I I think for as long as they're offering something, you keep inviting them. And then you make decisions, you know, about, all right, it, it's, it's Mal Pugh's time. It, it's Midge Purse's time. It's whoever's time. Because that's what they all fought for. Abby Wambach didn't give up the role to Alex Morgan. It it was she. It was time to go, and it was time for the next generation. And that's what we see out of this U.S. team time and time again. And I think you're right. It will test them along the way. This was testing. You know, they had to fight against Canada. They had to fight uh, against Mexico. Those were two very very tough games. And they're going to have to play those teams again and again over the next couple of years yep. and maybe run into them at these major tournaments. So um, I, I think the U.S. women's team is in very, very good hands moving forward. I like what Vlatko's been doing, and I think he's got a good headache. You know, when is it time to say, hey, the 19, the 20-year-old, the 21-year-old, yeah. it's time to take yeah. the place of the 33-year-old. But Alex yep. Morgan, she'll, she's going to have something to say about it. Do you just get a sense that he is the right manager at the right time for this team? I think that I think he's yeah. willing to make those decisions, and I think mm-hmm. that he made those during Concacaf. Yeah. He's he's given yeah. the younger players an opportunity to kind of blossom and bloom right in front mm-hmm. of our eyes. So I, I appreciate that about him. I yeah. really do. 
Absolutely. And I think the nature of this tournament and what it meant, you know, I, I don't think they looked beyond it, but I think he did use it as an opportunity to begin introducing more of these players um, to the highest level and saying, you belong here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because I don't think he would have brought them if he didn't have faith in them at this point. Um, right. You know, it's not like some of our men's teams in the past where we don't really, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have 22 f truly international players, right? Sure. The women don't sure. suffer from that. Um, but you do have to make decisions about when to bring them through. And I think he's done a good job with that. And I'm really excited for them for the next two tournaments. Well, it also seems like, you know, Vlaco has also kind of galvanized the team. I mean, once again, I hate using that word because it's not like they weren't before, you know. But I think that they they enjoy playing for him. And I think that's a key. That is the key, um, well, is that and, they and enjoy playing for him. We do know that there was some acrimony um, with Jill Ellis. We do know sure. that there were Absolutely. some locker room tensions uh, with Carly Lloyd and some of the other players that weren't mm -hmm. so hip to the social issues and things like that. Um, and, and that's understandable, you know, um, yep. I, I, I think we're in a new era uh, of sports, uh, and, mm -hmm. and what it means to, to be in the spotlight. Um, and especially, you know, this group of women, they mean a lot. They carry a lot of, of, of I think social burden, um, yeah. and they have to manage it a certain way. And, and I can see how there would be some rifts, um, you know, especially when it came to taking a knee and, and things of that nature. And I, I mm -hmm. appreciate that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Carly has some fine points. Um, but I think Vlatko had a little bit of work to do to, I don't think they were a broken locker room, like say Manchester United was last season, right. but I do right. think he probably had to come in and, you know, they probably did some trust falls, <laughs> you know, man, that's a good way. That is a good way to put it. That really they is. They went on retreat. They went on retreat. They <laughs> stayed up late. They did trust falls during the day. They <laughs> and ropes huge, courses during the afternoon, huge, you know, huge pillow fight at night. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Friends. Uh, that is our first segment of the show and we have reached the halftime Oh, have we? We're of our show, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going a little early for halftime. You know, right. here's, I, I right, just feel I, it. I, I feel it's my job to keep us on track, man. Oh, now what yes. is that, my friend? So uh, we tried something called Amarula, which is a, a brand name, uh, hmm. but is like the, the most well-known. And there's a, a, a fruit in South Africa called uh, the Marula. It grows on the Marula tree. And, wow. Um, it is interesting because it looks like a citrus fruit, but it tastes almost like a berry fruit. This is very interesting. And also, I recommend everybody get on YouTube and look up uh, Marula drunk elephants because they fall off the tree and then they ferment and then elephants come along and eat a bunch of them and get like stupid stumbly drunk. It's hysterical. Nice. I'm not promoting drunkenness among animals, but they did it to themselves. <laughs> Some of them have real problems. <laughs> And it's true. So I thought I'd try out a different one. This is Cape Marula. If you want to sponsor the show, we'd love it. But otherwise, oh well, there you um, go. There it's you it's go. just a different brand of it. And I I highly recommend you grab a bottle of of this uh, sometime. Nice. It goes. It, it's great by itself. Mm -hmm. It's terrific um, in coffee. Like use it as a oh. substitute for Bailey's. It's a very creamy liqueur. Oh um, wow! 
Yeah, uh, it, mm. I, I did an experiment. It does a pretty decent job as a stand-in in a white Russian, so you kind of get like a, it's almost like a strawberry quick alcoholic beverage. Oh, come best, on, man. The best thing to do with this yeah. is to pour it over ice cream. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be like, I'm going to be drunk you for the take rest it, of summer. If you want to take this a super That's step further, cool. pour this over ice cream. Stir it up so it melts a little bit, and then take your favorite cereal. I highly recommend Fruity Pebbles, and pour that in. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. That is next level stuff, AA Ron. Thank you, man. Um, wow. Well, I'm gonna try and get us a sponsor. Uh, my my <laughs> my halftime shot goes to Triton Brewery, man. They oh, took lovely. care of me lovely. today, man. Yeah. I tell you, um, my 16 year old uh, <clears throat> drove. Out yes. on the highway for the first time today and did a Booyah. bang up, well, not bang up job, but you know what I'm saying. She she did, yeah, there you go. Excellent, excellent. Um, she did a great job. And and while she was working, I, I holed up at Triton and did my research and all that good stuff, and they took great care of me. Um, love yeah, love them. If you have a chance to get there, get their loaded mac and cheese. Mm. Because holy cow, you will want a pillow and then lay down and take a nap afterwards. I mean, nice. that's just that's just how good it is. So which, which beverage um, did you have from them today? So so I had their uh their um their blonde ale, which is uh like uh hometown hero. That's what it's called. Hometown hero. And it's just really good, light drinking for the summer, mm -hmm. and it's just wonderful. I knew I had to, you know, be somewhat coherent when I came back to to do this because you know, I didn't want to let you down, man. Didn't want so, to let you down. It's been a minute, so mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's you know necessarily there right now. But they typically have at least one beer on the nitrogen on the nitro tap. They did, and, and I don't know which one they had. But the best, one of the best you. to get is <clears throat> they have uh, a beer called the Hatch Blower IPA. I believe it's the Hatch Blower mm. IPA. Okay. And, uh, uh, it has a jalapeno, has a slight hint of jalapeno in it, and that no. on the nitro is wonderful. I highly wow. recommend it. I highly recommend any of their their beers and, and See, especially. But the especially rail splitter is wonderful. I like yep. the rail splitter, but I've nice. never heard of the hatch blower. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, check it out. I'm next try time. that. Next. Check it out. So awesome. Um, we're just giving out you know advice about how to drink here, folks. So enjoy <laughs> yourselves, uh, Evan. Who's your halftime? Uh, well, it was to Triton. So yes, yeah, uh, Triton. Here we go. There you go. Here we go. Slanty. Slancha. Woo. Oh, excellent, excellent, oh. excellent. Local is, lads, I, global I, game, my friend. It is. It 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 reminds me in a very good way of Strawberry Quick. Oh. But it's, okay. I might have to get some. It's not. I, I don't know how to say. That's okay. Anyway, that's okay. That's okay. Anyway, okay. it is time right. for moving on. So there you go. Uh, the Eric Ten Hag era has begun at Manchester United. Evan, have you had a chance to watch any of the displays? Are you familiar <clears throat> with who they've got? Can I give the rundown? Yeah. No. Um. You know. I. I I knew we were going to get into Chelsea and uh, and Man U tonight a little bit a little bit more. You know, we have two weeks left. Um, Eric Ten Hag, I, I think he's the guy. Um, I, I like the way that 
I like the way Man U looks. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's early. I know it's preseason. I get it. But when you can get Bruno, we when you don't can talk get, about Bruno. <laughs> we can when you can get no, him no. to embrace what's happening. I mean, as, as a veteran player, as mm-hmm. you know, the guy that you know should be captain. You know, no matter what, if you can get him to embrace what's what's happening, which he has verbally come out and said, you know what, look, this is this is good the way the team's going as far mm-hmm. as what Ten Hag's doing. Your locker room is going to be a thousand percent better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he is going to. I mean, he's already well respected, so I think that the players are starting to see his moves as as benefiting not just the higher ups, but benefiting them. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that's that's what's that's what's going to be huge. I want to hear your take on Man U. I've got my take on Chelsea, but let's let's start with Man U, man, because I think Eric Ten Hag's the guy. I do. I think he's the guy. Well, I think what he's done so far is instill um, some discipline and, and some structure uh, that didn't exist previously. And <clears throat> I think this, you know, last year the the conversation was, oh, these are spoiled players. And they don't mm. want to take instructions and this new generation, blah, 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 blah. And in reality, right. what we're seeing, if they can be taken at, at, at their word in their conversation, is that, no, they actually wanted more structure. It wasn't there. And that probably is what led to clicks being allowed to form. And it goes to show you that, you know, I think Ole, as a manager, did a lot of very good things. Uh, and I think all things being equal, um, I don't think it would have gotten any worse under him uh, than mm-hmm. it did under Ralph Rangnick, but I think it exposed both of those guys as not really being as structured and um, disciplined uh, with what they were doing. And I think if Ole had you know ten more years of experience and a few titles under him, his mm-hmm. belt, he might be able to have the managerial style he did. Um, sure, but sure. he doesn't. And he didn't, and I think it hurt him at times. And he was trying to be a, a nice coach and a friendly coach. Um, yeah. And again, we don't see him every day in practice, so I don't know. But I think what we're seeing right now is is Ten Hag um, implementing some structure and and being very clear that there's a plan, and he's he's got ideas and he's imparting those. He's telling the players what he wants them to be doing. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think it, it shows players want that. I think Bruno has wanted it. Um, and, you know, they've, they've brought in some players um, mm-hmm. that I think are going to really help out. Uh, Tyrell Malasia and um, Lissandro Martinez. Mm-hmm. You know, he's already familiar with them. Both of them are, are playing at the national team level, respectively. Um, and then... Um, uh, you know that Ronaldo is, is is still a bit of an issue, uh, but you know Donny Vandebeck is back and he's almost like you know an, a new player. Um, I was going to say think, he's been he's reborn. Yeah, reborn. Yeah, I, I I think he will be, and um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. The results thus far have been good. You can only take so mm-hmm. much away from it. You know, I'm not going to get terribly right. excited about the result against Liverpool because I think what it really showed was United had a couple extra weeks of fitness under mm-hmm. their belt and mm-hmm. Liverpool didn't start, you know, their strongest players. But what you really want to see is patterns of play developing and you're seeing yes. that. 
Uh, I think what's exciting is, um, you know, last year Rashford and Martial were really, really disappointing for the team, and it took mm -hmm. Sancho a little bit of time to bet in. He finally did, and he, he seems to be building on that. But Rashford right. and Martial both seem to be a little rejuvenated uh, and excited, ready to go. Um, so I, I'm okay with both of them, you know, staying and, and, and fighting for, for spots. Um, well, don't you think that part of that is that players were catching up from the COVID years? I mean, I, yeah. I think that, you know, back to back to back to back to back like that, I, I think that, you know, several players have commented on it and said, hey, look, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're freaking tired. Yeah. And I think getting I, back to a more regular thing, it will, it will help. I think any player that you looked at last year, last year for Manchester United that was having a subpar year, be it Paul Pogba, Harry Maguire, Bruno Fernandez, mm -hmm. um, Marcus Rashford, I, I, they played so much over the you know preceding couple of years mm -hmm. and had, you know, I think Pogba and Rashford showed it with their injuries. And I think Bruno and Maguire showed it with their play that yeah. they just weren't up to it. They were struggling. And, you know, they've, they've had a real off season. I've had a new manager come in and make it very clear what's expected of them. And mm -hmm. um, I think players want that. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely the, the COVID years and has to have had an impact. So getting this time will be awesome for them, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, they're building relationships. You go on tour of the, of the Far East like this, you know, they're in Thailand and then Australia. Um, you know, yeah. that they're not out hanging out at parties and shit like that. They're not going out and checking out the nightlife <laughs> in Melbourne. They're getting in and they're under scrutiny day in and day out. They're yeah. basically practicing constantly and then doing media events. Um, they're on display. But behind the scenes, these guys are all hanging out together, playing video games, playing ping pong and mm -hmm. getting, you know, growing the bonds that hopefully right. will overcome the type of shit that caused some problems last year. Well, I think that, you know, the more that they do this, especially Man U, um, the more they do this. I, here's my prediction. Once again, and we're about to transition into the Chelsea portion of the of, of the show, but I, I really do think Man U, um, with this new momentum, and, and I know what you said. You're like, it's not going to be year one. It's not going to be year mm -hmm. one. Um, but I do think it's a... Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them mm. in year one of Ten Hogs um, reign uh, for them to finish top four. They've got the talent. You guys yeah. got the talent, man. And I'm telling you, with the right managerial skills behind them, yeah. dude, uh, sky's the limit. Well, sky's and I, the and limit. I was just going through the roster and I it was evading me for a second. But honestly, um, you know, I think this one of the big stories is Christian Eriksen. Uh, you know, I, I don't oh, know how man. I forgot that, oh. but him coming. I mean, first yeah. off, what an amazing story. You know, yes. you know a little, little yes. over a year ago, this guy was laying on the field, and we're not laying sure if he pitch. was going to live through the game. And, you know, it he he left Inter because of the Italian rules, goes mm -hmm. to play for Brentford, where they just <clears throat> totally embrace him, and he plays incredibly well, um, yep. you know, gets gets them to a good thing, keeps them up, um, I believe. Uh and then mm -hmm. um, now gets a dream move to Manchester United. I mean, he's a, he's he's 30 years old. He obviously had to piss a, pass a very rigorous, um, you know, uh, medical exam, or United yeah. wouldn't have wouldn't have taken him. 
So this is massive. Now we've got two real playmakers in Christian Eriksen oh, yeah. and Bruno Fernandez. It'd be interesting to see what kind of relationship they have, what kind of space mm-hmm. they each take up. I think Christian has a more well-rounded game, so he can probably play off, whereas Bruno's going to be you know, m- m- more central in his position. Yes. I know he does drift out yes. wide. I don't mean like that. I mean, he's he plays a particular way, and I think Eriksen plays, has a bit more to his game. But they're um, complementary of each other. I, I think don't they you can think? be. Uh, I, I really do. I, I think they can be. It's going to be interesting to me how ultimately they line up. They, they've been perti- persisting with the four two three one. I ultimately don't think that's what they're going to be in. Um, mm. okay. The whole Frankie D. Young saga that continues to, to kind of drag on. I'm inclined to just walk away from it. I think between Donnie, McTominay, um, Fred, and then you throw James Garner in there. Mm, you throw mm-hmm. maybe Hannibal. You throw maybe I was going to say Hannibal Zidane maybe in there. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you know, Zidane is is looking really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Ten Hag mm-hmm. specifically said, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten you know more opportunities with the senior yeah. side. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, and he's fostering this competitive spirit. You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. bring in Tyrell Malasia, you've already got uh, Luke Shaw and 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 uh, Telesh, who are pretty good players themselves. You've got multiple center backs now. You're bringing in Lissandro Martinez. He's yeah. saying nobody's position is safe. You've got to earn it, and you need to earn it with the way I want to play. Name yeah. means nothing. Um, and it will be interesting to see with what Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo does as well. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Uh, all in all, I'm excited. We're two weeks away. Uh, I think there's one or two more fixtures that they've got. I think mm-hmm. they play Aston Villa uh, in a few days in a friendly in yep. Perth, uh, and then nice. um, back back to England to uh, get ready for their opening match against, I believe, Brighton and Hove at wow. Old Trafford. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So there you go. Uh, let's head over to the blue side of London. Stamford. Evan. Yes. Um, not as much movement and not no. as many games played yet. Uh, right. I guess the first against Club America. They were supposed mm-hmm. to play them again this evening, and they are under a rain delay as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Eastern Seaboard's not doing too good. It's probably hot as shit there, too. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so they're not they complaining. Have, they have made a couple nice moves. Uh, they did bring in Raheem Sterling, and they have yes. brought in a uh, defender that's escaping me, Cal, uh, Koulibaly from, Koulibaly. Uh, I believe, Lazio was where mm-hmm. he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a pretty good direct replacement for uh, Mr. Rudiger. Uh, yes. What are your thoughts? Does Sterling uh, supplant a certain American boy? And uh, are you excited? You know, is Tuchel getting getting things done that you want to see get done? I think so, my friend. I am I am excited about what's happening with the team. Um, couple things. Number one, Connor Gallagher. I yeah, mm. he's he. I think he will definitely mm. be part of the mm. starting starting group. Um, the kid's twenty two years old. You know, he's going to be playing midfield for us. I mean, had a great year with. Um, Crystal Palace last year Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. so I I think that you know he is a great addition to the to the uh force and here's the other thing as of five hours ago my friend um Chelsea is close with a capital C capital L O S E 
to getting Jules Kounde from mm. Sevilla. Um, 60 million euros, 60 mm-hmm. million euros. Um, but what an incredible get he will be mm-hmm. if, you know, if, sure. if all the sources that I'm checking are correct, Kounde will, will, I mean, I'm excited because we're, we're building a younger team. Kounde's 23 mm-hmm. Gallagher's 22. And you know, the, 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 I just I love this. I love that we're bringing these young guys in, so that mm-hmm. guys like Sterling, guys like and and I want to talk a little bit about um, my man Chilwell. He's only 25 years old, but to see him back out on the pitch, to see mm-hmm. him contribute the way that he is, there is a calming force behind Ben Chilwell. You, you know how I feel about him, man. He mm-hmm. he's my guy. Next, you know, next to Reese James. He and Reese James, man, I tell you, I will take them all day, every day. And uh, I'm excited, dude. He looks like he's back in form. He looks like he's ready to go, ready to go. Um, you know, Mason Mount had a nice, nice goal against uh, Club America. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the winner for us. Um, so I'm excited, dude. I'm really excited. We we have been flying quote unquote under the radar because we haven't been, mm-hmm. you know, doing the Lewandowski's and the Hollands and, and and things like that. But the the pieces that Tuchel are, is bringing together, mm-hmm. I think, covers up for a lot of the things that we were lacking last year and mm-hmm. for the departure, um, you know, of uh, not only Lukaku. But uh, Rudiger too. I think that you know we have a style now that um, you know that we're 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 going to be able to compete uh, mm-hmm. a lot better, in my opinion. So um, and also just at the at the very end, um, Saturday at eight, Chelsea versus Arsenal for the Florida Cup. In Orlando, Florida, man, <laughs> on Ooh, ESPN Plus. Yeah, one. yeah. It's a big one. So it'll be interesting to see what the clubs do. Like, are, are we are we going to show out, or are we going to be like, eh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, they they tend to have certain contractual obligations to bring sure. you know some players, but you know, I think it'll be an entertaining match. Uh, again, you can't take a whole lot away from these things because. Nope the whole point is to get the legs back and to just mm-hmm. get guys familiar with one another and it, and it makes them money you know it sure <laughs> there, there's no other reason for them to be playing in orlando florida than it makes them a lot of money <laughs> uh, because they could it's the just greatest go to place a, on earth they could just go to a park in london you know <laughs> right they could, hey, exactly meet us meet us halfway like well we'll see you at hyde park we'll play at the <laughs> northwest end right losers walk um but yeah, yeah, no, I, what I would say, my observation about Chelsea is I think it's as important as to who has and has not left the team as these two signings. I think they're two very good signings. Yes. Uh, Raheem Sterling apparently is determined to play for every other team other than the team he claims is his boyhood <laughs> club, which is Manchester United. Um, so he's just going to play for the other like top four, top five, top six oh, teams. Oh man, I'm sorry. Up. Um, no, I don't care. I don't. I don't want the guy on my team. Ooh. I actually, I, I like him as a person. I don't yeah, love yeah, his. Just... I don't love his game. He is a good player. I just have some I... quabbles with it. But what I what I will say is, he makes Chelsea better. 
Kalabali, Kulabali. I would agree. Is um, you know, a, an upgrade on Rudiger as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how old he is, but I don't think he's. I'm going to guess he's 26. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I, interns, interns. Um, but <laughs> hang on, hang on. Here we go. I, I think it's a. a oh wow, one. 31. He's 31. He is so I'm 31. Um, no, <laughs> but but I think I think you've still got two years. Yeah, I think you've yes. got a couple, two, three years. Absolutely. Um, yep. He's been one of the best uh, center backs around. He'll continue to be. I think. I don't mm -hmm. think he's going to have a bed in period. I think he's going to hit the ground running and be totally fine. Absolutely. Um, the, you know, with Lukaku leaving, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, that's fine. I wish him well at Inter Milan. He even said it was a mistake to leave. So, you know, yeah. it it happens. You know. Yep. Um. I do think there's still a question mark as to where all the goals are going to come from. Oh, um, absolutely. Timo Werner just struggles to lead the line, but it might be interesting to see what happens if you know Raheem Sterling comes in. Do you start playing? Maybe, maybe you start using um, Christian as a false nine. Maybe you play Raheem as a false nine. Um, but I think mm. the fact that Kai Havertz and Hakim Ziyech have not left. They're are still very, there, very good dude. Signs that they yes. don't seem to be any rumors swirling about anymore because it no. sounded like one or both could be um, off. Like it sounded honestly a while back, it sounded like Kai Havertz to Bayern Munich was almost a done deal. So well, I think that that, 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 that was happened, right? But that's contingent. I think that was contingent upon Lewandowski. I, I do. Yeah, and, I, and I, I can, really do. I can totally see that. So I think the fact that they're still there um, and they offer similar but different. Uh, options. Raheem and Christian offer similar but different options. Mm -hmm. I'd say, and, and again, I, I'm with you. Connor Gallagher offers something oh. along the lines of Conte's engine, but also mm -hmm. something different. Um, you know, yes. he's, he's still he's a bit of an unpolished gem, but you don't question his work rate. He will weigh right. in with some goals. He will weigh in some some tackles and passes. Mm -hmm. So I, the I, the future's bright. It'll be yeah. a matter of you know how how what does it look like on the field what's the formation who mm -hmm. are the players how's it going to happen um yeah well so, i hey. think that yeah i i think both and i'm i'm, I'm just going to say it um tuchel and ten hog i think they realize that okay you know player for player there's only one erling holland there's only one mm -hmm. mo Salah. And so, you know, we have to find... Who oh, plays for every that's... national team. <laughs> um, well, at least, you know, it was still in Africa. There you go. There you go. But anyway, I think that Tuchel and Ten Hag are, are really realizing that, hey, we don't, have to, we don't have to be City and we don't have to be Liverpool. We can have a different system. We can have a different, mm -hmm. you know, a different way to score goals. And it can still be just as effective if we mm -hmm. had the right people in the right places. Well, I think especially Ten Hag, with the way he has approached this, recognizes that historically Manchester United has an obligation to play a certain way, to be yeah. a certain team. And that's yep. I'm not disparaging Chelsea, just saying the mm -hmm. way their history informs them because – I would say Chelsea were, were seen as an entertaining but not quite their club, very much sure. a, a, a Tottenham uh, kind, kind oh, of yeah. vibe at times. Yeah, yeah. When when I was really beginning to watch them, they had some terrific players, um, mm -hmm. you know, club club legends 
um, uh, um, um, uh, the little t- Zola uh, Viali. Zola, yeah. Um, yep. um, just so many tremendous players. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, but they'd never quite got there. They would, they were vying, but never quite got there. And mm-hmm. then Jose came along, and it was a completely different style. But yep. trophies followed, and and a big part of that was you know the former owner and and how Roman mm-hmm. went about things. Sure. And I sure. think he he said, I'm going to win, and I don't really care how. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. care. We don't have to have the prettiest product. At the end of the day, I want trophies. And Jose right. said, aye, aye, Captain. Um, and, you know, <laughs> but and then and yeah. then but we've seen different teams. We've seen Chelsea be very entertaining. We've seen Chelsea be very entertaining under Jose. I mean, under Jose, yeah. they had one of the highest goal returns in, in one particular season. Absolutely. Conte turned them into a different team. All these guys turned them into different teams. And I don't think they felt an obligation to a particular no. historical no. style, which is probably freeing to a certain extent. But I but like that I will... Eric Ten Hag comes along and says, I do recognize that Manchester yes. United has has this history, and they deserve yes. to be restored to it. Yep. And I will say this, is that historically, you know, Man U has had that number nine. I mean, they've had that number nine. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean – Dude, it, yeah, I I think Chelsea just needs to find and needs to continue to evolve, and mm-hmm. I think that's what Tuchel is doing. He's evolving the team with who he has and who he can get to be competitive and to compete for a trophy. Because right now, just being in top four, okay, you've had this big cloud over you this last you know season. It's gone now, so. What are you going to do not to just be competitive, but to also compete for yep. the trophy? You know Sorry, what I mean? uh, Byron scored like 30 seconds into the second half here, and it's a oh. really, really nice. It's a slipped header from the front post from Mula to uh, 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 Matthias De Ligt, who was once linked hey. to Chelsea for a little there bit. You but go. I do think there he's going to stay now that I, you've yeah. gone for uh, yep. Koulibaly. Um, I, I totally agree, and I think... Um, Chelsea have, I, I think, if anything, if they've had any struggles, it's maybe to have gotten out from under the big personalities that were at the club over the last few years who who supposedly replaces John Terry, who replaces Eden Hazard, who replaces Peter yeah. Cech, you know, and in reality, yeah. um, you you just, you get new players and you don't replace them. You begin to play a new style and you, new you characters come along. Yeah. You, know? you can't and, replace a Didier Drogba. You can't Lukaku, replace, unfortunately, did yeah. not become that character. But I, no. I think Havertz is becoming that kind of guy. He's getting a bit mm-hmm. of swag to his game. Um, uh, you know, Conte has been that guy. as quiet oh and, and charming and smiley faced as the guy is. You know exactly what you're getting in the in yep. the style that he brings to the game. So I think, yep. I, I think more and more of these guys are stepping up. Pulisic mm-hmm. is obviously going to want to stake his claim. Sterling's going to want to as well. Sure. So, um, in Tuchel, they, guys seem to enjoy playing for him. You know, they yeah. they, they yeah. seem to respond to him. Mm-hmm. So I think both of us have have managers that are laying the groundwork for some success. I think we have a little bit further to go. But I, I do agree. think you're right. We could challenge for the top four. I don't think we're yep. challenging for a trophy, but I do think we should be getting back to the Champions Champions League, so. League man. 
There you Hopefully go. Both our clubs are are uh, in with a shout, and we're not just yep. uh, playing catch up to City and Liverpool again. So. That's right. Well, so, in, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to we'll be getting to that kind of stuff. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be taking an off ramp to Qatar for a few minutes to talk about good old Group H. Aaron, I want you to go first. And Group Alrighty. H consists of Portugal, Gahanna, like Gahandi. Um, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. What are your predictions for this? And you brought it up in the promo, my friend. Is this the true group of death? Well, you know, in researching this one today, what's really interesting is that all of these are on their day very good teams. Sure. But all of them have kind of had struggles in recent moments. Mm-hmm. And all of them seem to be fairly reliant on one or two big game players. I do think that it is a type of group of death. I don't see any of these teams winning the World Cup. I mm. do see these teams potentially causing problems. But I think ultimately they're just going to cause problems for one another. I think this is going to be a hell of a dogfight for all four of these teams just to get out because sure. of the weird matchups they present to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not ever going to rule out Cristiano Ronaldo for as long as he straps on his boots and walks out onto a soccer field. The guy is all. a gamer. Yep. Um, but more importantly, you've got Diogo Jota, Bruno Fernandez, Joao Cancelo. Guys, excuse me, guys who are contributing at an incredibly high level for Mm -hmm. their clubs. Um, Then you move over to Uruguay. You've got Luis Suarez and Edinson Edinson Cavani who are still, you know, Luis Suarez is going to end up somewhere. Cavani is going to end up somewhere. Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to be ready to go. Darwin Nunez is uh, ready to uh, contribute as well. Um, We'll see how he does for Liverpool. But mm-hmm. Ghana, they've also struggled, but they are going to bring their game. They've done well at every World Cup for the last decade or so. And then finally, you've I mean, first off, <laughs> they've got Partey and Amarty, who, while not quite as big gamers as, as those other names, you see how, you know, this is the anniversary of um, uh, Ghana going out on, uh, you know, a late penalties to Uruguay in the 2010 World Cup, which would have made them mm-hmm. the first African semifinalists of all time. So if you don't think they remember that, you're fooling yourself. And then you've got South Korea with Hans, oh. uh, uh, Son. Son Hung Min and a, a coterie of other players who are pretty damn good. So yeah. these teams are going to, you know, what South Korea knocked off Germany last time, right? Mm-hmm. In so 2018. We've we've got some interesting matchups here. I'm going to say that let's go to the big board. Okay. Hold on, let's share again. Oh man. You're gonna put me on the spot. I don't want to see my picks. <laughs> Are you gonna share? You're gonna I share it, aren't you? Gonna share. Oh man. Uh, 
just like a, a good preschooler. All right, so that's awesome. I'm gonna say, ooh, I'm gonna say that Portugal wins the group. Mm. And I'm gonna say South Korea does what they did last time. I think they're gonna come together. I think yeah. San is going to be at the peak of his powers. Yeah. And um, is is really gonna be a leader on that yep. team, Evan. Go, my friend. I, I'm telling you once again, we we are on the same wavelength. I I love Uruguay. I love them. I love Suarez, even though he likes to bite people. Um, I hmm. love <laughs> I love Ghana. Um, you know, it's his last Ghana. He may he may take a big bite. <laughs> Ooh, DC United scored. Game on. Hey, there you go. Um, I love God, but but I just think, you know, the American philosopher, Ric Flair, said, mm. to be the best, you got to beat the best. Woo! And I just think, I think Cristiano Ronaldo, once again, it doesn't matter. Like, he could be wearing... And I'm going to say it, dude. He could be wearing a wankers jersey and just be absolutely outstanding. And I think that Portugal gets through. I think they have so many different players that that, that have such a depth of experience that it's going to be hard for them. And San is... If 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 you are a fan of the Premier League and have watched it for the last two to three years, you will see his progression and development as being not, you know, Harry Kane's Robin, but being literally, you know, right there with him in production, goal scoring, creation. The the kid has it all. I mean, he's got it all. I just think that South Korea finds a way with his with his boot to to get through. So I'm I'm going Portugal. I'm going Portugal, South Korea as well, my friend. Um awesome. it'll be a and, and here here's what I'm saying is that this in my opinion is truly the if you want to have a group of death, this is the group of death right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in a lot of ways I agree with you because I think, oh, of course. Oh, there we go. Um, I, I think that's really what it means is how much they're going to beat each other up along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily that they're going to, you know, win the whole thing. Right. Um, but. Um, ulti- ultimately, I think that causes. Um, it. it it makes other teams look around and pause like, oh, if they can do that to one another, what can they do? And I think, again, yeah. these teams just pose match-up problems uh, yeah. for each other. And, well, you know, look, Brazil's probably going to win the group, so they play South Korea. That's an interesting game. That uh, will be. Serbia or Switzerland playing against Pol- Portugal. Ooh. I mean, that's talk about a stylistic clusterfuck. I mean, mm. you know, Serbia is going to be – you know, very, very uh, direct. Switzerland's got a got a bit more style to them, but yeah. against a Portugal, who again will be deferring a bit to an aging Ronaldo. Will he be old enough and smart enough to control his minutes to control how he contributes to the game? 
I mean, he's yeah. obviously important. You got to have him, but you know, um, there's a ton of top level Portuguese players um, that are going to be contributing, and you know, maybe maybe it's time to bring him off the bench. He's going to score yeah. the winner anyway. <laughs> might as well, might as well come off the bench to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So, that's right, man. That's uh, oh wow. That's our take. So we that's will. It. I, I think we will. This will be. We'll bust this out uh, the week before the World Cup begins. Yes. And uh, see if see if we've got any changes because to be, I tell you, between now and then, uh, some of these uh, teams may you know momentum may be good, may be bad, may have some injuries, some guys missing. Um, I mean, look, uh, knock on wood, but, you know, if, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to jinx anybody. Don't but do it. it. it Don't it, do it, know, man. <laughs> if, if uh, you know, if Mo Salah gets hurt playing for Japan, oh. you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, that might that might weaken them. So um, we'll we'll revisit this uh, the week oh before. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow, I'm just so glad Mosalah plays for U.S. I just, you know, I'm just so, oh, so happy. You for know that. what? Talk about uh, a secret <laughs> weapon to bring off the bench. Mosalah, there you go. Uh, who's coming? Anyway. Co Christian Pulisic <laughs> is is down injured. Who are they bringing on to replace him? <laughs> it's Mosalah. No, it's Harry Maguire coming from it's, the midfield. It's, 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 it's Mosalah in a oh wig. Oh my god. It's most law uh, and a brandy Chastain bra. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are now at the part of the show that I adore the most. It is the Hey Aaron segment of our show. And um, I have I have an interesting question for you, my friend. And I'm wondering if you can get through this pretty quickly because we are a little over on our show time. But that's okay. That's okay. You know, it's our show. We can go for as long as we want to. Um, but here it is, my friend. Hey, Aaron. Hold on. Hold on. Hold oh, on. oh. <laughs> you, done, you done messed up, a Aaron. <laughs> I love this. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> well, why didn't you say something when I said why didn't you do it, man? Why you do All it, right, man? Stop sharing. Anyway, the hey, hey Aaron, Aaron segment. Hey, hey Aaron segment. What player from the top six teams in the Premier League? Okay, what player should we be focused on in those teams? So these teams are Man City, Liverpool, mm -hmm. Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, and Man U. What players will make? or break these teams in 2022-23 season? All right. Man City is up first. They finished first, uh, clearly a top team and clearly going to be vying for the title again. Um, probably still hoping for that damn Champions League. Um, mm. But they are going to be in the mix. And as tempting as it would be to say Erling Holland because he's the new blockbuster signing – I'm going to say, I'm going to say Erling Holland uh, because <laughs> the question mark is really, is he going to be able to adjust to the league? And yeah. is yeah. he has 
demonstrated a little bit of a propensity to get injured. And mm -hmm. this is a physical league. We've already seen it with Christian Pulisic. We've seen it with a lot of players. Sure. That it's a difficult league to adjust to, especially for guys who are fast and, and mm -hmm. you know, invite challenges. That said, I don't know if anyone has ever looked more ready for the yeah. top level. I mean, the guy is such a physical specimen. You, you Kid's you 21 look, you years old. Cristiano Ronaldo. Erling Holland looks much the same way. He's just absolutely mm -hmm. chiseled. Hopefully they're working on, you know, ankle strength, soft tissue stuff, you know, working to get him in peak physical condition. But I tell you what, I said it before, if Cristiano Ronaldo had gone to Man Manchester City last year, he just scored 40-some goals. Erling mm -hmm. Holland might score 40-some goals. They create wow. so much, and he has a ridiculous nose for being in the right place at the right time. And he's about as complete at his age as mm -hmm. you can ask for out of a striker. Left foot, wow. right foot, header. He can beat you off the dribble. He can shoot. He can score on the doorstep. He can score from long range. He is the package. So um, th they're going to be good if he hits the ground and um, does what he is truly capable of and then maybe even elevates beyond that. Mm -hmm. th this might not even be a discussion. Yep. He, he might be world player of the year. Liverpool. Um, to me, this is an easy one. I think as they, they've got plenty of talent. Don't think they've done a good job of bringing in other players who are going to help out some of their big names. And I, I, I begrudgingly give Jordan Henderson credit and feel like he has turned into a very good captain, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I do think that Virgil van Dyke is showing mm. signs of slowing down a little bit. Mm. And I feel mm -hmm. like two years ago, Liverpool were, were pretty good, but didn't have Virgil van Dyke around and it wasn't enough to win him the league. Three years yep. ago, my bad, when, it, when yeah. he was injured. Right? Yep. And of course, knee injury, what have you. But he's also getting up there. And I feel like if he gets injuries or just begins to struggle with the pace of the game, I think it will cause problems for Liverpool because I don't mm -hmm. think they have coverage there. And what they've tended to do is shift players around. And when you start moving guys around, yes, it's great to have a little bit of, you know, variability and, 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 and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you want your best 11 players playing in their best and favorite positions. And yeah. if Virgil van Dyke can't go, Liverpool's going to struggle. Chelsea. struggle, I mean, probably oh. not finish the, you know, first. They're sure. still going to be good, but yeah. he's a bedrock. And yep. we see what happens when that type of player gets moved out for whatever mm -hmm. reason and there isn't a ready made replacement. Yep. Let's go to Stanford Bridge. Chelsea. I love the pause. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. I think this is a make-or-break season for Timo Werner. And mm. if he Would can agree. finally get firing, if, if having all these, I mean, the attacking players available now, behind Timo Werner, who's really the only true striker, Sure. Although other guys score goals, but I mean, he's the only nominal striker 
as far as I can tell. Might be time to bring Tammy <laughs> time to rue the decision to get Tammy, Tammy. Abraham to, to Roma. Bring Tammy. Um, but yeah, hashtag bring Tammy home. Yeah. Um, you know, Raheem Sterling, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, uh, Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech. That's an incredible amount of talent mm-hmm. going forward. Can Timo Werner, can he score 20 goals? Mm. If Timo Werner can score 20 goals, Chelsea can vie for a title. Wow. If Timo Werner doesn't score 20 goals, I think it's going to feel a lot like last year. Almost there. Very good team and might be built more for tournaments, you know, cups, yeah. than yep. they are for the Premier League. Because if you don't have a 20-goal-a-year striker, it's it's hard to platoon that. And maybe you do have mm. the players. Maybe maybe Ziyech weighs in with 12. Maybe Pulisic weighs in with 8. Maybe, you know, all these guys weigh in with sure. enough goals to make up for not having a true number 9. Yeah. So I think I think it's a make or break season for him because if he can't do it, then there's no reason to keep the guy around. He needs to go to where he can score. The hot spurs of Tottenham. Well, while he's there, you got to say Harry Kane. I love Son. Um, can Harry can Harry Kane stay healthy? Because the the partnership that those two have built up, you know, mm-hmm. they've they've and they've brought in these other players that fit in nicely around them. Um, if Harry Kane can stay healthy, if he can play the majority of the season and again, score 20 goals and be a part of another, you know, if he can assist another 10 and him and Son create that partnership and together are responsible for 50 goals, then yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think Conte's got him playing in a good way. Um, they got to move some players on that just clearly haven't bought in, but if Harry Kane stays healthy, they're going to challenge for the top four again. If he doesn't, mm. they don't stand a chance. Mm. The Gunners of Arsenal, my friend. Again, staying up front. Um, Gabriel Jesus might be one of the buys. You know, I mean, mm. Manchester City's already good. So mm-hmm. bringing in Holland just makes them that much stronger. Yeah. But Arsenal have been missing. You know, they, they've been missing a, a true deadly striker. And Jesus was, you know, obviously second choice to Aguero for a long time at City. Sure. Can sure. he be the man or is he going to be another uh, Albama Yang? You know, got the money, maybe mm. not all that interested in scoring goals. Brazilians can go either way. But if he can score again, you know, if he can put 20 goals in, Arsenal could be back. They've got plenty of talent. Um, it, it, it Arteta, they've stuck with Arteta, and I will give their their leadership credit because they've stuck with Arteta at a time when other teams clearly didn't stick with Ole or didn't stick with Frank. Frank didn't didn't stick with certain guys, and you know what? Maybe in the long run that's correct um, mm. for those teams, but Arteta has them near, mm-hmm. and the players seem to be responding to him. They've got good youth. They've got good balance. If Jesus has a stellar season proves he he's that number nine there you go yep last but not least my friend the red devils of manchester united there's interesting competition at the back right now but eric ten hog has chosen to stick with harry Maguire as the captain mm-hmm. of the team mm-hmm 
And I think we've yet to see exactly how Ten Hag wants to play. I think we're seeing glimpses of it. Um, but I, I think what happens with Harry Maguire, and I mean this in a different way than I mean everybody else that I've mentioned thus far, what happens with Harry Maguire might be very indicative of what happens for Manchester United overall. If very, very quickly it's clear that Harry Maguire is not a starting center back and he's okay with that and it's and and leads from the side in yeah. the way Gary Neville did toward the end when he wasn't yeah. able to play as much and again that was more for injury than you know ability but Harry Maguire doesn't suck he had a bad year no he had a very very bad year but sure. so did the whole but, team but if one of two things could happen can he regain the form and confidence that he had previously and be one of the better center? I mean, this guy was voted, you know, player of the one of the players of the tournament, you know, in the team of the tournament in uh, the last World Cup. He doesn't suck. No. But he's protected and playing in a different system than Manchester United use. Now, if he's a problem, continue some of the locker room bullshit, then you know, decisions will need to be made. I could see Ten Hag saying, get the fuck out of here. True, I don't want to see true. that happen. But I think it'll be really important to see how that all gets handled. Mm-hmm. Because there's now competition for these places. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't good enough. I'm, I'm not one of those fans that is just going to hate on the guy. Right. Um, but that th- resolving that issue either in a good way or a bad way is going to tell us a lot about what happens next with Manchester United and how players respond to it. Nice. Very nice, man. Um, just off the cuff question real quick mm-hmm. and just one word answer surprise yeah. team of the year in a premier league surprise team of the year. Crystal Palace. Oh, okay. I think okay. I think Vieira is getting and moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. um, and has that. There's some talent there, and oh yeah, Zaha is getting to a point where he needs to justify some things. He's he's been yep. a tremendous player for him, but I think uh, you know they've had other young guys coming through that are contributing. They're going to miss yeah. Connor Gallagher. Um, yes, but. You know, they've they've still got a lot of talent, and Vieira, I think, has really been demonstrating some positive moves with them. So then, you know, that's the kind of club that, you know, maybe a key veteran signing or taking a chance on a a youngster Mm. from, you know, Mm -hmm. abroad and putting them in the spotlight, a la Chicharito or something like that, could pay dividends. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Hey Aaron segment of – the red and the blue soccer chat, which brings us to the end of the show. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And it brings us to the final segment of the show uh, where Aaron gets to send us out with his final thoughts. My friend, um, it's been a pleasure, uh, especially with my, my new Chelsea swag and all that good stuff. But uh, my man, what you got for us? Man, this is a tough one. Cause I was thinking about this earlier and I, I, I try to be positive. I don't want to be a downer. But we were here two weeks ago, and two weeks ago we were talking about 
shooting at a school. Mm. And two weeks later, there have been other shootings since then. Mm-hmm. But we have one close to home. And more than just close to home, my grandniece was there. Mm. Was working mm. in the Dick's Sporting Goods with the food court just outside it. Her father brought her brother and sister to have lunch with her the day before. Oh, my goodness. So, it's always hit home, but this hits home. And I feel a lot of emotions. I feel sad. I feel sad for the loss of life. I feel sad that somebody felt the need to go to that level. I feel sad that we don't do anything to address it. I feel sad for my grandniece in particular that she has to grow up and experience this, that's afraid to go to school. I'm angry. I'm angry that we don't do anything about it when there are some very obvious, simple things that could be done. I'm angry that this person resorted to this. I'm angry that this will get politicized by everybody, by both sides. And then I watch the other news I watched polar ice caps melting. I watched wildfires across Europe, wildfires across the United States. And I'm, I'm struggling. Mm. I'm struggling to, to find that connection struggling to find some sort of line through it all that can make it better. And as silly as it sounds, football does that for us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sports does it for us sometimes. Sports, maybe it's just a distraction, but it's something we can invest our heart and soul in. And we've gotten to see the best of some great women performers this mm-hmm. summer. And we're excited to see the men's game as the leagues kick off. And we're excited for a World Cup that shouldn't be where it is and kind of reinforces some of the other negative bullshit that I let in with. It's sad. So all I can say is find your joy where you find your joy. Find connections where you can find connections. And hopefully that little bit of connectivity and love will help us through this because it kind of always has. Mm-hmm. I hate to be, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm hopefully saying, if you feel sad, come hang off that Evan and I had a soccer game and I bet you have a laugh, bet you have a beer. I bet you feel better for a few good minutes. And maybe in the worst of times, that's all you can hope for. There's still a war in Ukraine and those people are still fighting like hell to to just live. So if you can hear my voice, we love you. Come share a beer with us. If you don't drink, come share a Coca-Cola with us (laughs) and we'll show you a good time. We'll hang out and hopefully we all come together for a little bit and feel better about the world because it's a tough place sometimes. So everybody, Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. 
sorry to be grandpa Aaron here for a second, but uh, <laughs> hit that we theme appreciate music, you. great brother. In two weeks, we will be back with a preseason prediction rundown of all the teams, where we think woo, they're going to finish, woo, woo, woo. who's important, who's who's got game, who's definitely getting relegated. Hopefully, we will have a special guest that you've all met before to yes. give us a huge rundown of the women's game and everything that we've seen this summer because by then mm -hmm. the Euros will be over. And he's also, sadly, a Chelsea fan. So, you know, yeah. there's that. He'll be, he'll be weighing Go in. No, we love him. So, uh, guys, join us in a couple weeks. Appreciate you tuning in as ever. If you are listening to us not live on any other platform, please still like, subscribe, uh, comment, uh, give us your feedback. Tell Aaron to stop being so downy at the end of the damn show. <laughs> um, or if you want to sponsor us, that's a great way to reach out. Hey, so, there you go. Hey, everybody. Yeah. There it is. This has been the Red and Blue Soccer Chat by the Evan and Aaron Show. That's my buddy Evan. I'm Aaron. We do love you. And folks, have a wonderful Wednesday night or whatever night you're listening to this. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Hashtag black people vote. Hashtag Sega. Love you, man. Love you too, bro.